Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of the Backyard Ranching Podcast. It's uh, it's good to be here. My name is Matt Harmon. Uh, you guys probably know that by now, but I always say my name every time before we start. Uh, and here today, I have a great guest that I'm equally as excited about. It's Sal Stefanali at 2QBFFB on Twitter, the two-quarterback uh, guru, the man himself. Sal, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me on. And I just want to say 32 is a good number. Well, it might be a bad number, but that's how old I am. So it seems fitting that I'm guest number 32. Oh, wow. That's that's some good irony. Like, I'm sure you planned it out exactly that way because you know when my birthday is and everything. Oh, totally. I'm completely up to date on all of your uh, your age and everything like that. No, no, no for sure. I'm going to you know be sending you a birthday gift, of course, along with the check for uh, for guesting on this podcast. Well, I, so. I got Charlie's card in the mail, so that was nice of him. Well, you know, he's... He's such a good dude. I mean, he's the he's the nice one in the relationship. I know everybody on Twitter seems to think I'm like a nice guy for some reason, but it's really just him shining through me. I'm actually terrible. They've never met you in real life, so they don't know the real you. That's true, but you, Sal, you've met me in real life, so I, I hope I hope that you can at least attest that I'm halfway decent, maybe. I'd say probably like ninety eight percent. That's a good. That's a pretty good number. Then I mean, I don't know where that extra two percent goes, but I. I think I can. I think I can figure out. We'll leave that, that up to everybody else's imagination. Yes, indeed, agree. Um, Sal, I'm obviously you're on the podcast today because I've talked about. I mean, I feel like the listeners have bits and pieces learned a little bit about my background and and in coming up and you know we'll do a whole episode on me at some point. I promise. Uh, and but you're a really important, a really important person to to my background. You know, you were one of the first people that ever. Uh, saw my work on Twitter, shared it, encouraged me like, Hey, you can be really, you can be really good at this. And like, you should keep doing it. And so for one, thank you. <laughs> and uh, if people out there, uh, if people out there are listening and they happen to, for whatever reason, like what I do, Sal's a big reason to, to, uh, to thank for that, for me being here. But before we get into all that, which we'll talk more about, I always start the podcast off asking the guest, what, made you you know fall in love with football or fantasy sports take us through the beginnings of your backstory yeah sure with like the game of football itself i didn't really get into it until i started high school and when we we had like a high school football team and you know i was a pretty big kid growing up so people would look at me like hey why aren't you playing football like oh i don't know i never really played sports other than soccer before like, well, you should give it a try. I mean, even if you suck at the game, you're going to just be this big, giant blob in the middle that can block people. And like, oh, well, I guess I could do that if you want me to. So then, like, starting to play football is what actually got me into football. But what kind of set me, uh, like, really into the game of football, which is probably the weirdest thing you'll hear on this podcast in terms of this question being asked, was an interview with Michael Strahan in Maxim Magazine. I'm sure if you remember Maxim Magazine, but it was basically Playboy without the Playboy pictures, which is kind of odd because that's now what Playboy is. <laughs> it was just this interview about him you know, playing football and just wanting to like kill people and kill the quarterback. And you know, when you're a high school or teenager, you, know, you have all this testosterone going on as a young male. Like, well, that sounds really cool. I want to kill people too <laughs> in this you know, sport that they will let me do that without any repercussions. So then I got into you know, football through Michael Strand. And I just became a New York Giants fan because he played for the Giants at the time, which has kind of led me to a, you know, a great uh, career as a sports fan because I've got to see my team win the Super Bowl, which not everybody has. But for um, fantasy sports stuff, I'd started playing a couple years before in like 
grade seven, I think it was, we'd have like off times in our classes and we had computers in the classroom hooked up to the internet. And I got um, hooked onto one of those like Yahoo salary cap leagues where you would pick your roster based on how much they cost. So kind of just like an auction draft sort of thing. And I was like really into numbers and sports. I'm like, well, this sounds really fun. And I didn't have a computer at home. So the only time I would be able to play is when we had like these 10 or 15 minutes of free time in class. And that kind of just started things off for me. It's really interesting about the Michael Strahan story. I, <laughs> that is that is certainly the most unique one. Um, we've had two unique answers back to back. Adam Levitan said on the last show, he's like, I don't even know if I really like, you know, kind of like, I don't even know if I really like football. If there wasn't anything like fantasy, you know, beyond it, would I even be watching it? But then you've managed to top that. That is that is definitely a unique backstory. Yeah, that's why I'm guest number 32. Exactly. It's all, you know, this is all really lining up. I like this. This is all makes, this all makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so Sal, uh, oh gosh, excuse me. So Sal, yeah. what, uh, what was kind of the uh, impetus to take it to the next level, you know, beyond just being a fan, obviously a very fortunate fan uh, with the Giants lately, but what made you take it to the next level there and become like somebody that covers fantasy sports? Yeah. Um, so some people know that like my day job is as a freelance writer and at the time, I was writing, uh, like, SC, SEO-optimized articles for this, like, one company where they'd give you, like, five keywords that you'd have to fit into this article, and they'd put it on these blogs. And they didn't really care how, you know, like, what you wrote about as long as they had these, like, five links. So I can be writing an article for, like, say, a real estate website, and it would send you to, like, a dentist office. Like, they just were really hitting on that SEO stuff before Google really came down hard on it. I'm like, well... I like to write, I like to watch football, I like to play fantasy sports, but I sure as hell don't want to spend the next 40 years of my life writing about real estate and dentistry and all this crap. So I like started researching you know, football writing jobs and didn't really have much experience on the resume at the time, so I got hooked up with this, this New York Giants blog. It's called G-Men HQ. They're part of the fan side of network, which is now part of the, the Sports Illustrated network. And I got hooked on to that site just writing about the New York Giants at first. Not, well, before that, I started writing for a New England Patriots blog, but I didn't last there long because I don't care for the Patriots. <laughs> I went to the Giants blog instead. And then I noticed like nobody was writing fantasy content for this site. And I just asked the editor, like, hey, can I start writing fantasy football content on this site? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Nobody else is doing it. So I basically just created a job for myself on the website. So that's where the fantasy writing started. So what was uh what year was that again? Did you say? Uh, that would have been two thousand and twelve. Mm, okay, so yeah, that's because kind of one of the things that we've heard a lot on the on the podcast uh, from people that have been in the industry for a long time, like Sigmund Bloom or Evan Silver, was like that. It, it, it wasn't always the way that it is now where it's just stocked full of people writing fantasy content, you know? So, and even, I mean, as much as fantasy is still, I can personally attest, is still like the uh, redheaded stepchild at like big com- media companies. Um, it is nevertheless heavily covered throughout the industry now. Yeah, I think I was pretty, I feel like I was very fortunate that I came probably like a year, maybe a year and a half before that big boom started. So I feel like if I had started writing when everybody else, like this whole industry kind of exploded, I'm not sure I'd have like the same sort of impact I I have now in the industry or the same type of voice that I have now. Like maybe I, I might have because I'm going after like a niche 
market of the fantasy industry that nobody else is really covering on a full-time basis. So I can see it that way. But if I was just somebody that, you know, just write about, hey, these are the wide receivers you should pick up this week, I highly doubt anybody would be reading my stuff. Well, there's several several points to make off that. First, that's why that's why this podcast is in existence <laughs> because there it, it is so much more difficult now to find a to find a footing because, or at least even to stand out. I was just actually emailing somebody this morning about this. They were at, you know asking for advice or whatever, and I said it's easy to to get to get a to get a place just because there's such a there's so many opportunities to do so, whether it's with a site like Rotoviz or or something like that. You know, there's plenty of error, just your own blog, whatever, like people will come and listen, but it's hard to stand out and be what I would say as, you know, what, what the world would say is successful or like have a full-time job, that sort of thing. And secondly, um, the niche, the niche though, the two quarterback thing, that's really obviously what you're known for. Um, where did that start? Like I was, I, what, what, what made you become the two quarterback guy? Uh probably out of necessity, I would say in the industry. Like I remember um, like I would read Matthew Barry's book or I listened to podcasts he would be on. And when he was just first starting out his website, he had like some advertising guy he was talking to about like how to promote his website. And the guy's like, well, who is the guy in the fantasy industry? Like who is the guy that can promote this for you? He's like, well, there isn't one. And then the guy just replied to him like, well, you should become that guy. And now we've seen where that's taken Matthew Barry. So like, Writing about two quarterbacks started because I was playing in two quarterback leagues, and it's the format that I play in the most. And like, so when I first started playing in two quarterback leagues, there was really no content for two quarterback leagues at all. Like, you'd find like an off-season like draft strategy piece, and then nothing for the rest of the year. And I was just thinking to myself, I can't be the only person in the whole world that plays two quarterback fantasy football. Like, there has to be at least thirteen other people because there's fourteen people in my league. So I think there has to be a market out there for this type of content. And I remember at the time, like the fake football, uh, like one of their job postings on their website, it's like, hey, we're going to be hiring some writers this offseason. Email us if you're interested. You know, so I sent them off an email like, hey, this is my name. This is what I do. This is the type of fantasy football I play. I think it would be kind of cool to write for your site, blah, 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 blah. And then I never heard back from them. So I'm like, okay, well, but they're not going to take the time to get back to me. I'm not really sure who else I can you know, apply to because there weren't as many sites as the time that were like taking on new writers. So I just thought to myself, I'll just start a blog about two quarterback fantasy football and just take it from there. Um, of course, the first article I wrote for the site was about um, the Denver Bronco, no Sean Moreno. That was my very first article for two quarterback fantasy mm-hmm. football site, which is kind of funny. But then, like I said, I created my own site. I started writing content. I post on Twitter. I would try to like, you know, nudge my way into Twitter conversations, just try to get my name out there. And then one day I got a DM from uh, our good friend, Denny Carter, who was one of my idols in the fantasy industry, just like, just from reading his content and interacting with him on Twitter. It's like, no, um, you should reach out to the guys at XN Sports. They might be really interested in like hosting your two quarterback content. And like, I was just ecstatic at the time that you know, somebody took their time to notice my work, reached out to me and pointed me into the right direction of you know, like how I could get a bigger audience or you know, get my work out to more people. And that kind of like I wrote a guest piece for that for them and that kind of just trickled into like another article and I just like had all these ideas bursting out of me at the time when they're like, why don't you just come write for our site full time? 
And so that's where the whole two quarterback thing came from. There was nobody doing it. So I just kind of took it upon myself to make it happen. Sure. And that's the plan that I outline for people. I think I try to outline for people on the podcast or especially, you know, in private conversations, how do I make it in the industry? Well, you know, find do exactly what Sal's just describing, find something that you're like, why is nobody talking about this? And then be the one that talks about it. You know, um, it really is. It, it's very, it's a very, it seems so, so simple and so intuitive, but it, but it's difficult to find out what that is, especially now that there are, so many fantasy writers like we've been talking about just just recently they, there's so many things being covered um sal just quick aside there what is something that you think like more people should be talking about that they're not already are, are you talking specifically about fantasy football yeah. or? like i guess specifically about football or fantasy football you know like if somebody wanted to become the you know the two quarterback guy or whatever but obviously not two quarterback something else what do you think is something that that should be talked about more I mean, it's kind of hard because it almost seems like every part of the fantasy industry lately has been covered. You know, we have you, Reception Perception. We have Graham doing his running back analysis. We have uh, people dedicated to you know, PPR, non-PPR. DFS is a big thing. So basically, I would say, like, look at the industry as a whole. See what's being covered, like, too much. As you said, what isn't really being covered. Try and figure that out. I would, I honestly would have to say, like right now, if somebody could do a like in-depth study type of piece on the quarterback position, like you've done with, with reception, perception, and Graham's done with running back. And I remember you kind of started that backyard banter with your quarterback typology piece. Mm-hmm. But if someone could uh, research the quarterback position every year and just try to analyze who are like the later round quarterbacks or the no-name quarterbacks that you know are in line for big boosts. Like, if you could have been the guy last year that said Blake Bortles is going to be a top five fantasy quarterback this year, and these are the reasons why, uh, if you could do that on a consistent basis, I think that would be really helpful to the fantasy community just because, you know, quarterback has kind of become the, like, it's the most important position in football, and it's the highest scoring position in most fantasy football leagues. So if you can, like, create that type of market, I think that would be well-received in this industry because – you know, with the work you and Graham are doing, receiver and running back is kind of covered, and you know, tight end isn't really the position that most people care a whole lot about in fantasy football at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Well, there could always be more kicker analysis. <laughs> well, I think you know, Denny and Leo have that covered now. That is that is true. The, the we do need more kicker power rankings, but no, I think uh, I think if you you know if I ask answer my own question, it'd be great to see content on you know, offensive lines. I know Matt Biatante from Football Guys, he does a really good offensive line uh, article there every year where he ranks them all and how that's going to affect certain fantasy players. Because, you know, you hear that thrown around a lot. Like, well, I'm worried about this running back's offensive line. I'm worried about uh, this quarterback behind this offensive line. You know, the Seattle line is one that gets talked about a lot. It'd be good to see, like, kind of somebody emerge and talk about offensive line from a fantasy perspective. I think that's something that that people could be out there doing. Or even just... I know that some people do like uh, Ian Wharton does a, like a coverage productivity. I think it's called where he does kind of the inverse of reception perception. So that would be great for fantasy stuff um, where you can, you know, decide good matchups. So there are, there are definitely things out there. I would say yeah. for the O-line, we just need at Sully handsome to come out of retirement and do that for us. Yeah. Sully, what are you, Sully, what are you doing, man? Stop, uh, stop. He's too busy being the greatest retweeter of all time. <laughs> If you don't follow, if you don't follow uh, Sully on Twitter, it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's it's a mess. I'll say that, but it's a 
<laughs> but it's a beautiful mess. Um, I'm, I'm so sad that I had side note on Sully. I'm so sad that we've never actually met. He used to live like 30 minutes from me with that. And I lived, and we never met up. It's very unfortunate. We'll just have to invite him up to California. I know, I know that that'll have to happen. But uh, yeah, Sully's, Sully's a good, is good people. But anyways, Sal, I think that, uh, so your, your story is pretty interesting just because, you know, somebody kind of found you, but you know, with, with Denny, but we've all had that, you know, we've all had the, 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 the mentor, I guess, or somebody kind of telling you, like, you've just given you that nudge, that, like, hey, this is good. And, you know, for me, that person was definitely you. And uh, which I, I will, I, Sal is, if you haven't figured this out by listening now, while you're listening, Sal is like literally the nicest person in the fantasy industry, maybe just on the planet in general. Um, and he was, you know, really huge in, in getting me out there and getting me started. But you kind of do that for a lot of different people. I would say you're, you be, you're encouraging for a lot of different people. What, what, what kind of pushes you to be that guy? Well, one, I, I do appreciate you saying that I had a big part in you know, your rise to prominence in the fantasy football community. And I'm not just saying that because you paid me off air to say it, <laughs> but uh, at the same time, like I also know I wasn't the only person <laughs> that noticed that you had talent. Now I know you're uh, you know, Sigmund Bloom and Matt Wallman also had big influences on you. And I remember you'd always tweet back and forth with Chris Westland. And that's kind of how I noticed you at first. But I'm pretty sure I can say this with confidence. If none of the three of us had you know, come across you in our lives, you would still be where you are today because of the hard work and dedication you put into your craft. And that's one of the ways you, know, you can get to where you are today is hard work. So I, I am proud to see where you've, you know, where you are now from where you are, where you started from. And that's great. So I just wanted to you know, take a moment to say that. But like the, the reason why I try to, you know, like uh, as uh, Rumford Johnny just said recently on Twitter, which is a saying I've really come to enjoy is, you know, cape up. The reason why I like to cape up for other writers that don't, maybe don't have a voice yet or just starting is because, as you mentioned, it happened to me. No, Denny was one of the first people that noticed my work and got me started to where I am. Then J.J. Zacharyson at the time had his website, Late Round Quarterback, or I can't remember if it was LateRoundQB.com, and asked me to come write for him. And like These were like two of the people that had started to have like the biggest influence on my way of thinking about the game of fantasy football because I was just like the type of guy before, like, oh, I'll draft the quarterback in the first round, and my team will be awesome because I read that article on ESPN that said that's how you should draft. So it's like people like that who kind of like noticed me at first and helped me along the way and gave me a push to you know find my voice and provide it to all these people that read it. And that's what I just want to do. I, I want to pay it forward because it happened to me. And I don't think it's that hard to be nice to people. I think some people will, will forget that. Like they would rather be like an asshole. But like, well, I don't really care that you write for this like crappy blog that you started because no one's going to read your work. I'm like, well, you probably were that person who had a crappy blog at first who nobody read your work. So it's not that hard to like read somebody's work. If you like it, reach out to them, share their work. I mean, a retweet is one of the simplest things you can do on your iPhone or your computer. You just have to hit a button and that article gets sent out to you know, however many followers you have. And if somebody else who follows you that has a bigger following retweets it, then you're on your way. So I just want to help people out because I've been that person before and if i can do that i don't think it's that hard like hey so and so just wrote this really cool article you should check it out and give them a follow because hopefully then that's like the first step to the next step where maybe a, 
like a bigger fantasy site will notice that work and then want to put it on their website rather than you having it on the blog that like five people might read. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's so much of like the, the principle that I adopted. Like as soon as when, you know, as soon as I got the job at NFL, before I said anything like publicly on Twitter, I emailed you and was like, Hey, Sal, I just want to let you know this. Like, you know, obviously again, like, thank you. You were such a big reason for getting me started. Now, now we're, now we're going here. Wow. <laughs> crazy. Uh, but in the, you know, the, and like the, the only thing you said was like, yep, that's dude, that's great. Pay it forward, you know, do the same thing. And I, that's something that I think this, like I said, this podcast is all about that paying it forward aspect. And, you know, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I mean, we could sit here and get real, real sappy in, in the, in the connectivity of all of all of us and that sort of thing. And, and believe me, and I would, I would totally be down for that, but it's, uh, it's just, yeah, it's a simple thing and it's, it, it makes us all better, you know, because I think that having a lot of quality content out there is always a good thing. And it makes the, it makes the readers and the viewers smarter and makes them want more. I was just listening to, um, I listened to Living the Stream and on the couch with JJ Zacharyson back to back today. That was a little too much JJ for me, but uh, <laughs> but I think that one of the things he was saying was like, you know, the it seems like the fantasy community or the fantasy like people drafting, you know, the users are smarter than ever. Like things that normally like Mike Evans caught three touchdowns last year. You think he'd be like down two rounds in ADP, but he's not. He's up at the same spot. You know, players like like even Blake Bortles, who we just talked about, like he's not being overdrafted. He's probably being drafted in a pretty fair range. And I think it's because there's so many people from that pay it forward mindset that are out there putting good information out there. Yeah, and the nice thing too, is that like with the, uh, like how saturated the industry is nowadays that if, you know, someone like you or someone like JJ or like say someone like Sibian Bloom notices your work and shares it to, like to all of their Twitter followers, that's going to mean something because they're not going to share work that they don't find high quality or that they don't think will be a benefit to the fantasy industry at large. So if you do you know, find yourself on that end, that's really great nowadays because you know, they're just not going to share bad work. So it kind of validates you it's a, in a way. So it certainly does. I mean, I, yeah, there's, uh, there's so much work out there that I think that it highlighting the good stuff is even more, you know, is even more important, especially like, I want my, you know, I want my followers to have good information. I want them to to know that they can come to my account for good stuff, yeah. you know, just whatever. But also on the flip side of that is that if you are somebody that is writing like really good fantasy football content, but nobody notices you because there just are so many other people in this industry doing what you're doing, it might kind of, you know, give you pause as to should I really continue doing this right now? I mean. Like writing an article for your own fantasy football blog might seem like a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work because you're putting the hours into the research, you're getting the graphics set up, you know, you're sharing your work on social media. Like that takes up a lot of time and energy. And if you're somebody that's just writing on the side who like maybe has like a full-time job and every moment you're sparing towards this takes up like all of your free time, you're just thinking to yourself, like, do I want to keep doing this? Is this something that I want to keep doing? Cause nobody is really, no, nobody's noticing me. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you don't want to write a blog that just your parents read. You want to write a blog post that is going to help out maybe hundreds of thousands of people. So it, it gives you pause as to wondering whether or not this is something you should continue. And if you are somebody in that position right now, listening to this podcast, cause I feel like this podcast is made for you. I would say you have to just figure out what your priorities are and what you want to do. And if you know, like writing about fantasy football, like 
Like that's your life. That's your blood. Just keep doing it because eventually somebody will notice you. Yeah, that's an, that is such an important message. I mean, even again, I was go back to this morning emailing with somebody asking about advice and, you know, I said, well, you got to do this, 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 and this. And then like right before I hit send, I was like, oh, oh yeah. And also like, you have to work really, really damn hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to work a lot. And, uh, and that is hard to kind of find that balance of, is it, wor- is it worth it? Because I mean, I always say like, don't take anything from my story because it happened really quickly for me, but there are guys, you know, doing the, uh, doing the like editing their own site, putting that together you know, freelancing for other sites, maybe making like, you know, $15 an article or something like that. You know, if so you're lucky. Just, yeah, right. If you're lucky <laughs> and uh, like people are at that for like five years, you know, it is, or even more, you know, maybe that's all that there never is. So you kind of have to, you kind of have to decide w- what that balance is. You know, it's, it's a really difficult thing to, to, to think about. No, and I, I like I have I'm not at your level of fantasy football prominence. I probably never will be, but it kind of happened for me quickly too. I started my own blog, two posts in, I got noticed by Denny, and then it just took off from there. But it, you know, on the other side of the equation, last year is when I like I took a hiatus from the fantasy football industry, and I was wondering if like is this something I want to do for the rest of my life? Because I got a lot of you know things on my personal side of life where it's like I kind of have to like. No, take care of that at the moment which was like that's the most important thing but like while I was away from it I was like I just realized how much I kind of missed being a part of the community and like I just you know worked harder to find my way to get back in there but even taking that like small amount of time away from it made me feel like a lot of people like passed me by and I'm sure there's a lot of people in the industry that feel that way that's like, oh, I've been writing about like this article, this type of content for like the past three years, but then there's this guy who just wrote like this really amazing piece. Everybody picked it up, and now they're all on him. So it's like you got to try and find that balance of personal life, work life, but you also got to try and you know put that jealousy aside because it's going to happen. There's going to be people that are better at you at writing. There's going to be people that are better at you at podcasting. There's going to be people that are better at you at posting dog photos on Twitter. Like you can't do it. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if anybody's better than me than that, but but, but continue. Yeah. It's like you can't do it all, but at the same time, you kind of have to do it all. So even if you might not be the best at, you know, say three or four things, you can be good at one thing and be really good at that one thing while being okay at everything else. So it's like you have to try and figure out exactly how much work you're willing to put into this because it is not easy. And you can lose friends. You can lose family members. You could just lose your sense of being, like your purpose in life. It could happen. Exactly. Just because you get so hooked in deep into this hobby that's based on a game. It's like, it's a game based on a game. Yeah. I always make that joke whenever somebody's like, you know, you can't take yourself too seriously. If I'm like, of course, how does anybody take themselves too seriously when they're writing about a game, about a game? Uh, I'm here. I'm wearing a t-shirt of Alex Smith with a halo. Like, Oh, beautiful! Shout That's... out to LRQB, living the stream. But like, like this is the life we're in right now. <laughs> yeah, I, like, like we play make believe at work all day. I get I get paid to play make believe, <laughs> but I, which is pretty fantastic. But Sal, you mentioned your your little year away, your hiatus from the fantasy football world. That's something I definitely want to talk about. Um, you know, and I, here's just a little sense of how dramatic I am. Uh, if you really want to really want to peek into my personal life. I remember like when you said, you know, on Twitter that you were leaving, we were, we were working for you at Sportable at that time. Um, it was almost like, 
like somebody was like somebody was like dying <laughs> or you know like somebody was uh at least that's how i felt it's like i said i'm dramatic like you know and you know it's like or like an eskimo thing where they where they cut off the ice and you just we watched you kind of float away like your twitter avatar was just like something like the a sign of like stay positive and i was like oh man this, this like kind of hurts <laughs> but what was the impetus to to take that step away what what went behind that decision right I think that's also too a testament to the relationships you form just talking sure. to people that you don't even like meet in real life. You know, we had, I think, like between 25 and 30 people writing for Sporeball at the time. And you're the only person I've met in real life out of that group. No, actually, I met you and the guy that goes by Tango Cash FF on Twitter because he was in Vegas when I was in Vegas at the time. But like, you just form these bonds with people and you become friends with them. And as hard as that might have been for you to read that email, you have no idea how hard it was for me to write that email mm. where I came to that point where I knew I had to step away. And like sometimes I even wonder if I'm going to step away again from the industry because like, uh, – like I said, I came from this from a work point of view as a freelance writer, and this is where my freelance writing career led me to. But if tomorrow, let's say, some site about esports is like, hey, do you want to come write about esports? You're really, I'm not good at esports, but it's just an example. I'm usually like, no, you're one of the top esports uh, bloggers in the industry. Like, here's a job for you. Like, that might take me away from fantasy football. It's kind of harder now that I've started my own site and I've dedicated myself to that. But no, when you have a family to take care of and you're looking for where the next paycheck is going to come from, you kind of tend to gravitate towards you know, the people that are going to pay your bills. Uh, so like one of, the, one of the reasons why I always wonder if I'm going to be in this industry for the long haul is because I know it, how hard it is to get a full-time job in this industry, and they just don't grow on trees. And like I'm already 32. I have you know, a fiancé. I have a 12-year-old daughter, and those things, though, the impact your decisions in life. It's kind of, it's hard not to factor what your next step is going to be when you have a family. And that one of the reasons why I left in the first place is because at Sportable, like I was pretty much doing everything behind the scenes 24 seven. You know, like I had a great staff of writers that was writing the content, but I still had to edit it. I had to get the schedule set up. I had to get after people, ask them when they would post it. You know, doing graphics, doing social media, and it basically became a 24-7 job for me where I kind of like lost sight of everything else that was important to me just because like, oh, i got to post this article that Nathan Powell wrote about Marquise Lee. In the grand scheme Oh, things, God. In what the a waste of time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, okay, what Nathan is writing right now about Marquise Lee is going to be really important to our readers. But in the long haul, I mean, that one sportable card is not going to impact my life in a positive way 100%. It's, it's going to be a great feeling for the day. Like, oh, we got new content up on the site. People are going to dig it. But, you know, there I am pretty much stressing myself out for this job that might not be there forever, which in the end turned out not to be my, my, the job I'm doing right now. But I kind of just, like, lost sight of things. In terms of like my personal relationships and my health, where like I've always had health issues, I've kind of kind of talked about it on Twitter before, where I just like had to step back and be like you know if I keep going down this path, one there might not be a sportable, two there might not be a me. Mm. So I just like like I had to just step back from everything and just realize what was important, which was my family and my health, and so I took that time away just to try and get better. 
And it was really hard because you form these great friendships with everybody. Like everybody I recruited to write at Sportable were people I respected, who I liked, and who were, you know, talented people. And they all helped make that site grow. So it's kind of sad to see that go away. But, you know, one website <laughs> going away is kind of worth it to try and get myself back together. Well, you know, it is so much of like anything, uh, anything, you know, too much of a good thing yeah. is, is not good, you know. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Listen, you know, dude, drinking is, is good. It's good to have a drink every now and again, but it's too much of it is bad, you know, uh, good food. Too much of it is bad, you know, you can't, you have to have, um, you have to have a balance in life. And it, it's hard because like you mentioned, we, we do form these, you know, beyond just the fact that it's awesome to talk about football, to write about football, to have people tuning in for that you form relationships like real relationships with people like you know the relationship that you and i have and 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 to speak to that like to, to see when you were coming back you know i mentioned you dying my jesus smith shirt yeah right when 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 uh, lord alex smith resurrected you from the dead i'm going to hell for that uh <laughs> resurrected you from the dead uh seeing two qbs now pop up like the site two qbs.com seeing that pop up that was like fantastic and that just speaks to the relationship that you build. Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. Like when my, like I, I mentioned earlier how hard it is to get a full-time job in the fantasy industry. And that's exactly what I had at Sportable. Like it was my full-time job. People might think it was just me hanging out in a basement <laughs> at my parents' house, just like setting up a site. But no, I, that was a real job for me. I was getting paid a living wage to make it happen. So it was even harder when I had to let that go. Cause I had like that, no, I had, I was living the dream that many people in this industry are trying to achieve. And, but my time away kind of made me realize like how much I one missed just being part of the community. Like I remember I, I, I deleted Tweetbot cause I knew if I had it on my phone, I'd be checking it all of the time to see what's going on. And like people would email me every once in a while, just like, Hey, just checking in on you, seeing how you're going. And I'd always give them the stock answers like, oh, everything's going okay. I'm getting better. Blah, blah, blah. How are you doing? Like just, you know, these nice generalities that we kind of send to each other, you know, via social media, email, and we can't like hang out in real life. But like I was getting better and I was kind of realizing like how much I missed being a part of this community. But I also realized how much I missed creating something. And that was what was the fun part about Sportable is we took that site from nothing. And it was really like you, <laughs> me, Josh Kalachi, like we were the, like the first few people putting out content on that site and we built something out of that. And that's what I like to do. I like to build things. I like to you know, start a website, get together with a bunch of friends and just see where that can take us. So during my time away, I'm like, I'm just trying to think in my head, how can I get back into this industry? How can I start writing again? How can I just like be a part of the fantasy football community? So I just decided to start my own blog for the year and just see where that would take me. And it, it reinforced my point of how much I miss being a part of it. But again, I kind of saw myself going down the same path because it was just my blog, doing everything again, writing, editing, formatting, picture taking, social media. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that again because it led me down a, a bad path the last time. And I learned from my mistakes that if I do this again on my own, there's a good chance I'm just going to be back at square one. I'm like, hey, see you guys some other time. I'm gone again. Peace. So I got uh, I started like recruiting people on the back channels of from the two quarterback fantasy football community that I knew I wanted to write with that I knew I wanted to work with that I knew that could help us build the two QB brand bigger and better than it was before. 
And so, like I said, uh, there's Josh Lake, Greg Smith, uh, Josh Berger, uh, Anthony Miko, Joe Siniscalci. Like, I just, like, would reach out to people like that. Like, hey, do you guys want to, you know, be a part of the two-quarterback community and build a website and just get this content out there? Because I think more and more people are going to gravitate towards two-quarterback and super flex uh, leagues as they find the traditional format to be kind of boring. And like, and everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. There's some people that had to back out because they, they signed the exclusive deals with the sites they were working for, which I understand. Like, and I'm like, I'm not going to pay you, so you might as well just keep writing for the site that is paying for you. I'm not going to hold any grudges for that. And so then Greg and Josh are the two guys I find like if I wasn't writing about two quarterback fantasy football leagues, like they would be the two go-to guys in the community that everybody else would get their content from. And if you're not following them, Greg, you can find him on Twitter at Greg sauce and Josh, you can find him on Twitter at Lake two QBs. And I would say it's been like a, a world of difference from this experience running two QBs compared to running sportable because I don't have to do everything myself. I have free time to like enjoy my life. I don't have to stay up at like four in the morning editing an article that I got to get up on the site at, you know, say 6.30, spending hours editing it, formatting, getting pictures and all that stuff. Like, I can lean on Josh and Greg, and they're more than willing, you know, to, to help out because this is their site too. Like, we're all in it together, and it makes a world of difference. So if you are somebody out there that, you know, is interested in being a part of this community, like, team up with some people that, you know, you spend a lot of time talking to on Twitter and you have the same view. Because you'll find it'll be a lot easier for you in the long run if you have somebody else to lean on for ideas and support. Yeah, it, it, being a part of a team and especially creating a team is, is a very powerful thing, um, not just from like, a, again, a sappy emotional standpoint, but also from like a, a realistic, you know, nuts and bolts sort of perspective to the community. It's very important. Uh, you know, I've I've. I could never be the team builder, I guess, but you, I mean, you built a hell of a team at Sportable and like TJ Hernandez, who yeah. was there too. He was, he was out here in LA a couple of months ago and we were talking about it. Like, you know, and even again on the podcast, like that was really like a, it's a, if you go back and look, it's, a, it was a hell of a roster for people that ended up, you know, whether it was me or TJ's gone on to, you know, do full-time stuff at four for four. Um, I think we had Jessica Kleinschmidt too. She's been on the podcast and she's with FanDuel now and, and I think CBS as well. So it's, when you get to build that team, it's it's fun to see like the branches and where they go. And now you've got obviously another team forming there at two QBs. If you're not following the whole sites at two QBs, definitely do that. Uh, it's it's pretty easy to remember. Yeah, <laughs> nice and simple. I like yeah. I remember when TJ was on your podcast. He's like it was like the 27 Yankees like murders row roster, and maybe at the time. It probably wasn't. It kind of grew into that after Sporable die. But at the same time, it's cool. You look back at the roster, Sporable, like, oh, well, this guy's at 4 for 4 This guy's at NFL. Uh, we had Renee Miller. I mean, she was already a big part of the fantasy football community, but she's at ESPN, Roto World. And it's like kind of like when people talk about those football coaching trees, like, well, this guy was under this coach, and now he's over here doing this thing, and now mm -hmm. the coaches under him are doing their own thing. And you're just you just watch all that, like, you had a part building it and you're just like a proud dad just watching everybody grow and blossom and to these really super awesome talented people they were at the time but now more people know about them yeah it's it's pretty fantastic i think that uh it's it's just cool to and you know like you mentioned if you are and this is something i actually have really never 
given out as advice before, but if you're out there, like you don't have to do it like the lone wolf approach, which is kind of what I did. Like that's kind of what I did, you know, but I never really like formed a team or, you know, I was obviously worked for football guys and sportable and, you know, this, that, or the other, but you know, I'd always kind of viewed it as like, I'm, I'm doing this alone. Like I'm doing this for me. And now it's been so different, like working at NFL and like being really a part of like our, you know, with Gelhar, Marcus Grant and Franciscovich, like, the fantasy stronghold you know that's what we call ourselves like we're the four of us and we're gonna lift each other up to this side it's so much more powerful it's so much more like almost freeing in a way that i I still have to like combat the lone wolf mindset a lot but uh but it's it's something i'm trying to get better at but it's but so yeah if you're out there like you're an aspiring writer like try yeah try to team up with like two or three people and maybe start a site and you know like you said because that way you can help keep your sanity a little bit at least i mean like i know i consume probably more fantasy football content that is good for my health in terms of reading other people's work or just following along with conversations on Twitter. And there's like, there's a lot of people that will just like have, you know, Twitter conversations with each other, throwing out like a lot of great numbers, stats, opinions. And if they kind of, you know, put their heads together, they could like start their own website. So I know you meant this might go back to your early question. Like how can you, you know, get into the fantasy industry? Like what isn't being covered? Even if it, is already being covered. If you have like three or four people banding about together to get it out there, it'd be a great way to you know get your foot in the door. Like you said, you're a lone wolf. You started backyard banter. I know I started my blog spot site back in the day. Like we had that mentality, but like we've both grown to know what it's like to be part of a team and just how valuable that is. Yeah, it's it's huge, and uh, I think I think that's a that's that's a really damn good advice, Al. <laughs> I, I think people listen to you, Matt. I guess. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that is the point of the show, right? Get, right. get good ideas from, because I, well, that is, I mean, that literally is the point because I always say like, it's so hard to think in the moment of writing an email or exchanging like DMS or whatever, like giving advice. It's easier just to listen to two people, hopefully sit putts around for an hour and uh, come up with something good to say. Exactly. At least one good thing will come out of this podcast. At least one, there's, there's the title. At least one good thing came out of this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, Sal, just kind of winding down here. I really appreciate uh, your time today on the show. Um, one thing that I've been asking people a lot in the industry, and, and maybe this is going to be difficult for you because you're such a nice and positive person. Um, it's, so, it's so funny that the sidebar, actually, before we get to that, it's so funny that people, like to me, it's very funny that that, that like Twitter as a whole is like, oh, Matt Harmony's a really nice guy. Like, you know, people have even said like, yeah, I know you're too nice to say something negative about a player. Like I think I was on the dynasty one podcast and Carl Safchik was even saying, he's like, you're way too nice. I'm trying to get you to talk about why you don't like Devonte Parker, but you keep, uh, you keep caging it in like positivity. He's like, you're being too nice. It's funny that I've kind of like adapted that, uh, that persona because like my roommate from college is out here this week. And he, I was telling him that he's like, you're an asshole. And he's like, why do people think that? <laughs> so if, if you think I'm some kind of nice guy, I'm actually just taking it from Sal. I'm just really trying to be, Sal, I'm trying to borrow. So this might be a hard question for you to answer because you're such a generally nice and positive person. What's something that you see in the industry that you don't really like or that you just don't really care for? Yeah, I know there's uh, this is probably a pet peeve of a lot of people in the industry, but it just whenever, like, say, uh, Jordan Reed had a healthy year, but no, he's been injured this offseason already. People are like, oh, there's Jordan Reed being Jordan Reed again. I told you three years ago he was going to get injured mm -hmm. and that he's going to suck at fantasy football because he always gets injured. And then they're just like, it's almost like they're proud of this one player getting injured. So like, it's all this boasting about 
negativity, really. I mean, the complete opposite of what we were just talking about being positive all the time. It's like it's because Twitter is such a, an instant news source that if something happens, you're going to see like 100 tweets about that on your timeline. And there's always a few people that just, you know, always harp on the fact that, you no, know, this guy's a bum. He's always going to be injured or, you no, know, he dropped a pass and he's always going to drop passes. No matter like how good they may be at real fantasy, at real football or like how well off they've done for you and your fantasy teams in the past, if they said that this guy was going to do something bad or that he sucks or he'd always get injured and then he does get injured or he does, you know, like I said, drop a pass in the game, they're going to go right to Twitter, right to Facebook. I told you so. I told you this guy was going to get injured. I told you he sucks. Listen to me now. Be right about what I said. Uh, That kind of irks me because I'm like, why do you want to be celebrating – something bad happening to somebody else. I just don't get it. Yeah, I think just being extra sensitive in those situations is never a bad thing, <laughs> you know, like especially when it comes to injuries, like that's a that's a person. <laughs> you know, one of the – a subject I obviously don't really write about a, a, lot, a lot now, but um, one of the articles that I – actually the first article that I ever had that got Sigmund Bloom to notice me was I wrote an article about the, the commodification of NFL players. It's still on Backyard Banter care to look it up um like just it would be so great if we just could remember that these are people you know and like especially twitter like twitter you know like you mentioned instant reaction a lot of times especially if it's a player that you were counting on for fantasy or you were touting a lot for fantasy like that negativity is going to come out of you really quickly so sometimes it, it it doesn't hurt to think before you hit the tweet button yeah and sometimes i wonder if it's like they really just knew that guy was going to get injured and they're just waiting for that moment to just validate their opinion in the first place or they were just really happy that this guy got injured or he sucks at football. I mean, whichever answer it is, I think is not really cool either way. Yeah. Right. Like neither one, the other one doesn't make like it better, you know, (laughs) either way, it's still not cool. Like, yeah, just, just in general, being more sensitive about the injury thing because, because I mean, it matters. Like, you know, I had I had one. I don't have a lot of like negative interactions on Twitter, but I did at one point last year when Kyrie Robinson got hurt for the season. Um, you know, I mentioned like I tweeted out like that really sucks. He's always a player that I like, and you know, somebody quote tweeted me was like, "No, good. I have Mark Ingram on my fantasy team. Fuck that guy." And I was like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> Jesus!" Like, <laughs> well, that's like a whole other seedy underworld of the fantasy community, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's not like an analyst or anything saying yeah. that, but, but still, yeah. And also just as, just as annoying um, as people like being happy that another human being is hurt is like told you so Twitter is <laughs> yeah. Don't be told you so Twitter. Like if, if you, if you had a, if you had a good call, people will remember that you called it and uh, yeah, hopefully your call again, it's not about a player getting hurt. Uh, but yeah, so that's just my two cents on that. But Sal, uh, kind of last question here, as I've been doing, uh, as I've been doing all throughout the podcast, and seemingly nobody likes this part, but we do it anyways because this is my show. I always give the guests one last shot at the floor before I yank it out from under you and we get out of here. So, Sal, the floor is yours. I'll probably, I'm just going to harp on kind of what we've been like. What's probably the theme of this entire podcast is that if nobody notices you, just make them notice you. Do something that somebody will realize that you're really good at and that they want you to be a part of their team because there's just so many people in this industry that don't get a shot because nobody knows about them. So instead of kind of like complaining about it or lamenting the fact like, oh, four people read my website today, 
don't worry about that kind of stuff. Like, do something that will make them notice you. And I'm sure a lot of people have said it on this podcast, but, you no know, Reception Perception is probably, like, one of the best examples of that. You know, you had your own backyard banter website that a few people were reading, and then you know, eventually you came up with the idea for Reception Perception, and you made people notice you. And that's probably the quickest way to get ahead in this industry is to provide good content, quality content that, like I said, will make people notice how talented you are and that you have a voice in this industry. For sure. I mean, that is that is the way to go. That is how to that is how to do it. Just make them notice you. And, you know, whether it is through a podcast or whether it's through an article or whether it's just through your your tweets and, how, and like posting graphics on Twitter, that is uh, that is a big important thing. I see Charlie's peeking out of, out of, out of the corner there to say to say hello. And uh, yeah, well, now he's just licking himself. That's gross. OK, get that off camera, Charlie. <laughs> That's disgusting. Um, no, but that, that's very cool. So, Sal, thank you again so much for coming on. Not only for coming on, but if, again, I can express, express the gratitude of getting of helping me get to where I am. You know, again, that is, it, like I said, a huge part of my story is Sal Stefanelli. So make sure you're following him uh, on Twitter. Make sure you're keeping up with all the 2QB stuff. And for the listeners, thank you so much, again, for tuning in for another episode of the Backyard Banter Podcast. Uh, we're kind of winding down here as a whole for season one. We only have a few more episodes left, probably for the next month or so before the preseason really gets upon us, and then we all sink into the complete darkness that is the regular NFL season uh, for for five, for four months or five months, however long that uh, that, that that goes on for. But um, if just continue to share the show, tell people about it, and, uh, you know, you can listen to these podcasts whenever they are evergreen. So, you know, rate the show, all that sort of stuff. And uh, just, again, thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you learned something today.